Well, we each have a timing in our life. And part of that timing is set in motion when we take our first breath. And then we begin a journey of life, of life in this creation. And each of us go through life having different experiences. Maybe similar experiences in many ways, but they're different. And we approach them all very differently. But somewhere along that journey, we begin to question. We begin to doubt. We begin to fear. We begin to look. We begin to see things differently. And it's for us to pay attention to all that. Not to go asleep, not to go numb, not to go unaware, but to pay attention to everything that is taking place in our life. Because within every second, within every breath, there is an event taking place for us to experience. And through that experience, to learn and to grow. And to come into the greater knowing of who we are. Who we truly are. And that's a big statement. Who are we truly? Who are we? Well, when I was five years old, I began a journey of my life with a greater clarity and a greater conscious awareness. I had spiritual movement taking place within me, and in that I began to pay attention. I began to pay attention to the world around me in the physical, but also in the world within me in the spiritual. And I began to see and to hear, not just in the world, but in the spirit a greater truth for me to unfold to, and to understand, and to live into. And I would go around and I would ask different people about what this was, and what did this mean, and what does this color represent, and things as I would see on the inner, or that I would hear on the outer as people were talking and they would say things, but they didn't even know what they were really saying at the greatest depth, I could feel this greater river of movement underneath the words that they didn't seem to know. And for a long while when I was growing up, I was considered odd and strange, peculiar, maybe a little bit frightening to some people, because I would have insights into myself or insights into them that they didn't have. And I couldn't really explain to them where I got it, or how I knew it, except the fact that what now I call meditation, I used to spend time every day in what I call prayer. Just sitting quietly and paying attention to what was going on inside. And following that movement of loving inside to greater places of awakening and understanding. And that's really there for all of us. It has been from the day the soul came into creation, and it will be there forevermore. And it's for us to not just pay attention to what's going on around us, but to what's going on within us. And oftentimes we don't give that a lot of attention. Or if we do find that things are moving inside, we don't know what to do with it. I know I went to teachers, I went to 
my brother and my parents, I went to friends, I went to their parents, I went to different churches and talked to different ministers, to priests, to Catholic churches, and, a, and, and an Orthodox church, a Greek Orthodox in San Antonio, and I would go to the synagogue. And then I liked talking to the rabbi. The rabbi seemed to understand more of my search and my quest than some of the others. But I found in talking to anyone and everyone that they were still more focused on the outer and not really paying attention to that inner movement. It was funny because the rabbi really understood about the idea of the inner movement of spirit and awakening to the truth. But he had never really given it the time to happen for himself fully. He was still very invested in reading the books and understanding the rules and the laws and the principles and the teachings. And that he had down quite well. He did have a, a sense of the truth of what I was talking about. And I would ask the question, he said, well, how, where did you get that? And I would say, well, in my Green state last night, I went into this experience and I, I witnessed this, and he'd go, in your dream? <laughs> and he'd go and he'd get a book and he'd open it up and he said, well, Moses talks about that, right here. And <laughs> it was quite interesting to see it referenced back to me from different books, but they couldn't speak about their own experience of it. So I just found to stop looking in the world for the understanding and continue my inner journey as well as my outer life. And it's funny because to me the inner is something that is more real to me, always has been and still is today, than the outer. I call this my outer life, but my inner truth, the who, who I really am inside, can be fully revealed here. And it's really the same for all of us. But where it can be revealed is through our loving. Who we really are as soul is loving. We are the living, loving essence of the Lord. When God created the soul, he created the soul to be loving, to be an expression of God's loving in action. And it's for us to come awake to that truth and to begin to live that loving as best we can in our day, in our night, in our life. And to not let other things get in the way of the loving. And isn't that what the world often is doing? It's throwing things in the pathway of our life to distract us from the truth of who we really are, filling it with obligations, of have-tos, of wants and desires and needs that all relate to going out in the world to get it, to obtain it, to be it. When in truth, who we really are is not anything in the world or of the world, and we will never identify ourselves fully in, in the world through all those elements that the world throws at our feet. If we can close our eyes and go inside and begin to let go of the day and of the mind 
and of this body consciousness and just rise up above it and sit there for a moment as God said, peace, be still and know that I am God. If we can go into that stillness, we can begin to find the greater truth of who we are. And my experience is, we are all one and the same. We are loving. And our source of that loving is our soul. And the source of that soul is God, which is loving. And if we can begin to attune ourselves and awaken ourselves and to live into that flow of the divine within us, we will find that peace doesn't just dwell within, but we can bring that peace anywhere we go. In any event and experience that we are in in the world. This may sound a little bit strange, maybe a very different approach from what many people try to do with the spirit of themselves or the spirit in the world. But in truth, the simpler you can get it, the quicker you're going to get it. The more we complicate our inner divine self, the further away it gets, the longer the journey of obtaining it. Because we're still placing things between us and God in us. We're still placing something between us and the divine. What we want to do is remove all the stands between us in the world and us that is true. When I say that, it's a very interesting statement that takes me back so long ago when I realized that I wasn't this body. I'm using this body, but I'm not this body. And that which I am existed before I was in this body, and that which I am will continue on this journey, even when I leave this body. And I know that as a fact, as a truth, because I leave this body quite often. And I travel consciously into the realms of spirit. And I can look back at my body and go, oh, okay. And when this, one of my first experiences consciously of this happened, I knew in that very moment, I am not this body, I never was, I never will be, I'm just using it, I'm just borrowing it. It's an opportunity for me to learn my lessons. It's an opportunity for me to share my greater truth with everyone. It's my opportunity to receive from others their greatest truth. But it isn't who I am, and it isn't important for me to focus first on this body and the world of this body. But when you're in this world, and in this body, you do the best you can to take care of it, to nurture it, to love it, to nurture and love and take care of the world around you, and those around you that are in body as well experiencing. But you don't make it first and foremost. First and foremost is 
you the soul, you the spirit, you the divine, you the loving, whatever you want to call it. I used to travel every night, going out of body, going to different places to learn. To learn about souls, to learn about spirit, to learn about consciousness, to learn about us, to learn about myself, to learn how to live my life with grace and ease rather than difficulty and challenge and pain. And I would talk to my parents about it and they just kind of like, okay, nice dream, but I knew it was far beyond the dream. Stop and think for a moment. In your childhood, did you ever have dreams of flying? Dreams of falling? Off a cliff, out of plane, rushing back to your body, rushing back towards the earth and you thought you were going to hit and die? Did you ever have dreams of just being able to lift up off the ground and fly, not having to walk to get somewhere? Think about yourself as a child when you were in your innocence, when you were not so connected to the mind and through the mind into the world, to some of the truths you had living in you and through you back then. Because there was a lot of truth revealed to you in that moment as a child. But it's when the mind kicks in, when we begin to deal more directly with the world, that we will lose that touch of our divine consciousness. And it's for a reason. It's not something that is cruelly played on us by God or by anyone. It is a part of the movement of awareness, of consciousness, of the divine, of awakening to the greater truth. Why are you in this body? You're in this body to have experience in this world. You're in this body to go forth and create, to go forth and to learn and experience. And it's through that creativity and through that experience of life in this world that we do learn and grow and become more aware of who we are. Whether we just always identify ourselves to this physical being, as this mental giant, or whatever it might be, that is a part of the learning. The soul is ever experiencing, ever learning, ever growing. And this physical creation is a part of that. So the one thing to do is to always honor everything in your daily life. Everything that is taking place within you, honor it, love it, and pay attention to it. Because there's something very precious in every moment for us to learn, to glean, to understand, or maybe to let go of. I remember as I was growing up, my mom and my dad taught me a lot of different things about how to live my life. You live your life this way, and this will work for you. You live your life this way, and it won't work for you. You do these things, and you get these rewards. You do these things, and you get this punishment. And I learned, and I began to apply 
those things that they taught me. And some of them worked well for me, and some of them, well, not so much, but I used them anyway because that's what they taught me. And I wanted to do what my parents told me. But when I was a teenager, all of a sudden one day I realized, you know what? Well, my mom said about this, really did seem to make sense, and it really did seem to work for a long time. But you know, I've got a truth inside myself. I want to live in this situation rather than hers. And I realized that they had given me, as parents, certain things to take care of myself, but eventually they wanted me to learn my own truth and to live my own truth. But I felt guilty about not honoring my mom's way, not continuing to do what she taught me to do. And I remember going inside and, and actually having to forgive myself for going against her. And I found that the easiest way for me was to forgive myself and then to forgive her. And in that forgiveness, things shifted and it was okay for me to live this way of truth of my own self. Well, a lot of us are still living what was taught to us when we were two and five and seven years old. And we're struggling with living in those rules and those patterns. And many of them run unconsciously. And we don't know why we have this guilt, why we have these blocks, why we can't speak up and, and share our own truth. But if we begin, begin to pay attention, we can begin to see the seed of our own existence, the seed of our own truth, and begin to live more of that and let go of all those other things that might stand between us and our truth, between us and God. And when we talk about loving, accepting, and forgiving, that's a part of this action that begins to let those things drop away that no longer serve us, so that we can begin to pick up and to live into that which now serves us better. And so for a long time as a child, I did my prayers, my meditation, and I had a lot of different inner experiences. And then as I got older, the world was pulling at me more and more. Come on, let's play ball. Come on, Jim. Come on, let's stop. Don't do that. Come on, let's go. And I tried to do the way of the world as it was calling to me. And for a while it worked a little bit, but then I found that I was sitting hollow inside, empty inside, longing for something inside. And I couldn't figure out what it was at first. Until one day I sat down and did what I remembered doing a couple of years before and all the way back into early childhood, which was to sit down and talk with God. Just sit down and spend time talking with God for a while. And I would share with God what would go on with me in my day, and what would go on with me and my concerns and my fears, 
my anger, my angst, or whatever was present. And all of a sudden, I felt that thread of loving move through me as I had been living as a child. And I knew in that moment I had to once again start doing this. Going back inside and connecting to that movement of loving inside so that I could live life with more peace and grace and ease, both inward and outward, rather than just chasing after the world like all my friends were doing and calling me to do. And there's nothing wrong with doing it that way, but I knew something that worked better for me than that. And I needed to honor myself and that would serve me first. And so when we share about meditation, we're sharing about a very simple practice, a very, very simple practice. It's almost too simple. And your mind's going to go, yeah, but there's got to be more to it. Isn't there more in, in a book somewhere I can read that will tell me more technique and more practice? And No, there's not. This meditation is a very, very simple action of holding the focus, one-pointed, one-pointed focus to rise through and above all that is in the physical consciousness and to lift your awareness in the sea of the soul and beyond. And in that awakening, in that place above the mind, and all that is below it, you begin to really wake up to the greater truth of who you are. And you begin to feel and know that movement of loving, that place of peace. And you'll feel the inner strength, the inner longing of the soul to have a greater expression in your daily life. And it's all done by simply closing your eyes and going inside and holding your attention upon something to lift you above that which is in the physical world and into the spiritual of you. And to begin to just share your loving with God and to receive God's loving. That's why we asked you to hold your focus in a one-pointed action on the cube. The H-U. The hue is a word that has been used throughout time. It dates back to the very beginning of humanity and it's speaking into the world. U is a Sanskrit word that is at least known to have been used 6,000 years ago. Most likely beyond that. And it is a word found in languages around the world. But it all means pretty much the same thing. It is a spoken name of God. It is a word referencing to God. The Greek philosophers used the word hue in the same human, 
Human means God in the mind, manas. It's God, Hugh, in the mind. And this is what they use to help us understand who we really are as Hugh, the soul, living in the mind, to have experience in the world, but we are not the mind. And Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and many other philosophers taught just this about how we were then to get the cue free of the mind once again to know the truth of who we are. And Aristotle even said it and taught it to his disciples saying that he was a freed flame, a freed divine being, a hue freed from the mind. And it was for the freed flame to free the trapped flame, the flame that is trapped within the mind and can't get loose. And that's how he taught his spiritual philosophy. And they had a very physical philosophy that they taught about the physical creation, about the physical body, about the physical senses, and then they had the sacred philosophy, the philosophy of the greater senses, the higher senses, and the soul. It's interesting that their spiritual philosophies aren't really talked about very much at the university levels or in science, but they're metaphysical and physical sciences are. But they all talked about the hue and the minds. You and the mind. The hue is also one of the spoken names of God in Hebrew. It is a very important part of a sacred ancient teaching brought up by Moses, and by many of the other prophets. And one of the sacred statements that the old prophets used to use in their meditations to go into a place of prophecy, to be able to prophesy and hear the voice of God, was the word Ani, who? Ani who? Ani mean I am? <coughs> and who meaning God. And it was a way for the prophet to awaken to the truth of God that is my soul, I am. I and God are one. And in that practice, they would go into their prophetic states. This I learned from the rabbi. <coughs> who knew some of this, but did not understand fully until he began to do more research after we talked. And I can go on and on about the hue, I can go on and on about all of this, but the key is not to go into history and repeat that. What's important is that you go inside however you want to do and begin to awaken to the greater truth of who you are as divine spiritual essence.
Not everybody's ready for this journey. Remember, we came in this world to have experience in this world, to learn, to grow. As a divine being, through our physical experience and our actions of creativity and learning from our mistakes and our success as to how to truly manifest as a creative being. And we've created a lot for ourselves in this world. Not just in this lifetime, but in many. And it's for us to begin to take more responsibility for our creations and our actions and reactions and bring things into balance in such a way as we can begin to really truly understand how to put our creative principles of loving into action in our daily life in a greater way so that we can reap the reward of that. Because we reap the reward of our actions and our reactions every day of our life, whether we like it or not. But through this meditation of just going inside, holding our focus inward and upward to the seat of the soul, to the spiritual life center, whatever you would call it, and sharing your loving with God and opening to receive God's loving, everything else will unfold. It will unfold within you, and it will begin to unfold in your daily life. Because when you begin to share and move that divine loving within yourself, and begin to allow more in, giving and receiving, everything else begins to move in a different rhythm, a different vibration, a different action. Because where there's loving, things begin to move and change. And meditation that we're sharing is about just that. We're not here to awaken the psychic gifts. We're not here to become mental giants. We're not here to talk about the metaphysical of the psychic realms. We're here to share about the truth of spirit, of soul, of loving. There are a lot of other places where you can go and learn about the metaphysical, learn about the psychic, develop those gifts, but this is an it. Ours is a lot simpler than the metaphysical or the psychic or the physical. You don't have to go to school, you don't have to get a degree, you don't have to be a professional of anything, to just sit down and begin to share your loving. Just sit down and begin to receive. And I'm going to close with this. Which are you better at? Giving or receiving? Think about it. A lot of us are great givers. We'll give, 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 give of ourselves but we don't know how to really receive. In this meditation, it's about both. It's about allowing yourself to give. If you have a hard time giving, then that's going to be the opportunity to expand into that. And if you're not such a good receiver, 
that'll be the place where you're going to be really paying attention and learning how to relax and let go and let it in and to receive. But if you sit down and do this daily for a period of time, and I'm not going to say what that period is because it's different for everybody, you'll begin to see what I'm talking about when I talk about giving and about receiving. And when that day comes and you really do know that movement of God's loving coming back to you, you'll set everything else aside and say, okay, I'm going to give my time to this. I'm going to spend some time every day living in that flow of loving. And then you'll take it into the day. No, you're not going to be sitting behind the wheel of a car driving while you're meditating with your eyes closed. But you will be bringing God present into everything you do, wherever you go. So pay attention as you go throughout this day and throughout the days to come. Are you a better giver or a better receiver? 